Hey everyone, welcome to the Behind the Scenes Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Audrey. And on this podcast, we share the messy, honest, unfiltered, and not so curated parts of our life. Think of this podcast as a bunch of bloopers with some truth bombs sprinkled throughout. That's right. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes of our daily routines, our social media feeds, and what you may or may not have seen on TV. We're going to be talking relationships, family, faith, business, basically whatever we are learning about, fighting about, or laughing about lately. We're going to be sharing our daily life, our struggles, successes, and our roses and thorns from each week. And we don't want this podcast to just be about us. So we're also going to go behind the scenes with some of the people who inspire us the most. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Come hang out. episode of Behind the Scenes Podcast, we have our good friends, Aaron and Jen Smith, on the podcast for the second time. Yes. Some of you might remember episode 11 we did with them, talking all about working and raising kids together. This episode, we're talking specifically about marriage in light of their new book, Marriage After God. Which is fantastic. Which we absolutely love, and we just share such a similar heartbeat for marriages, and they have so much wisdom to share when it comes to having a Christ-centered marriage and what that looks like. So, yeah. And if you guys know Aaron and Jen, they also on Instagram are Husband Revolution Unveiled Wife. They've got a podcast, Marriage After God, which is awesome. And now they've got this book. Um, so we're really excited to talk to them. Got an awesome episode today. Babe, you ready to dive in? Yes, ready to dive All in. All right, here we go. Our conversation with Aaron and Jennifer Smith. Uh, Aaron and Jen, so good to have you guys on again. Yeah, first, second time guests on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, first, we love you guys, so this is going to be fun. First time, second time guests. Yeah, first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, first time, second time. So this time, it's uh, under some pretty exciting circumstances. You guys just came out with a book. Yeah, uh, our Marriage After God had launched on June 4th, and I think it's doing pretty well. It's in Hobby Lobby next to your book, yeah. which is pretty awesome. <laughs> so it's awesome. On, it's, on the shelf, it's on the shelf right around the corner from your book. Nice. That's we, awesome. We just went yesterday to look. That's oh, so that's cool. cool. You should get a photo together. I love that you guys, yeah, because we don't have a Hobby Lobby in Portland, so when we went to Bend, yeah, we you saw should you put guys, the books we together and get a photo. Yeah, you definitely I'll do that when we, go to, when we go in again. That's cool. Um, So for those that haven't, or I guess didn't listen to the first time we had you guys on, just real quick, Sparks notes us on who you are, where you live, what you do. So Aaron and I have been married for 12 and a half years now. Um, we live in Central Oregon. We love it here. And we have four beautiful children. Um, Elliot, he's six and a half. Olive just turned four. Wyatt is two and a half. And Truett will be one soon, which nice. is crazy. What? Crazy to think about, I know. No, he's just a baby. I know. Gosh. That's oh, so cool. And then... And then also for those listening, we're really good friends with you guys. <laughs> yeah. So how long have we known you guys now? Uh, like four three, years? three or four years? I think yeah. it's coming up on four years. Yeah. But four years, wow. probably we almost did, exactly from the day we met. Yeah. Wow. Oh, we, wow. We did home church um, f- together for just over two years in Bend. And I uh, love you guys and look up to you guys a lot. And Aaron and Jen have helped Audrey and I through... A lot of seasons, I would say, in the last couple of years. So we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And just wanted to give that quick little context for everyone listening. And just a quick reference, Jen and Aaron are on episode 11 of the podcast. If you want to go back and listen to yes. the previous episode that we did with them, it's all about working and raising kids together. And there's some great nuggets of wisdom in there too. So That was a really fun episode. Yeah, so we everyone like should go listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so, well. Or sorry, baby. Well, you gonna, go. Well, I was first question's gonna, you. I was just I indicated jump it that right way. into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, you guys just wrote a book, and um, I think it's amazing. Tell us a little bit about it, and um, just the mission of having a marriage after God. What does that exactly mean, and why is it so important? Let's just kind of get into get into it. Well, our our heart behind it. It's it started from a gathering Jennifer and I did. Uh, you know, man, almost three years ago now. And we invited uh, 10, 11 couples up and 
uh, our whole heart for getting these couples together was not just to be have another, you know, here's how to work on your marriage, here's how to fix your marriage. There's so many good conferences yeah. and retreats out there for those sorts of things. We wanted something to give people that you know they're 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 chasing God together. They they don't know what's next purpose and say, God has a purpose for your marriage and not just your marriage, but every Christian marriage that God's mm-hmm. got a purpose and a plan and that your marriage represents something larger than yeah. yourself, yeah. that your marriage isn't meant just to make you happy. It's not meant to just chase happily ever after, mm-hmm. which is a great th- idea, but it's, uh, it's so small, um, in comparison to what God wants to do with us. Yeah. I guess if we were going to boil it down, um, this book, you know, we just feel like we could be a catalyst in people's lives to ask the question, God, what can our marriage do for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a, it's an, it's an essentially an, it's an inspiration. It's an encouragement through stories, through examples of, Hey, this is what God wants for your marriage. This is what God wants from your marriage. This is what together you should be pursuing, looking toward. And uh, there's this theme in the book throughout the whole book of just saying yes to God with your marriage. What's that thing that God wants you to say yes today, tomorrow? Um, It it could be a small yes. It could be a big yes. Often it's a bunch of small yeses that build up over time. And uh, that's essentially our story. Not that we've done everything perfectly, but we've yeah. just been on this journey of like saying yes to God on many, many, many different fronts. And they build up over time. And what happens is you begin to see this picture form of your life and how God has brought you together, what he's given you, uh, mm-hmm. what he's endowed you with gift wise, and how that together can be used for him. Yeah. Um, but it takes, it takes saying yes. And it also takes knowing mm-hmm. that you have that because there's a lot of people that don't think they have any part in the big picture of what God's doing. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. They think that they think there's enough people already doing the big picture stuff mm-hmm. and they're just, you know, participants or they're watching or right. they, they don't have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a lie. Yeah. Actually, uh every I mean we're told over and over again about the body of Christ that the, every part is uh is necessary, every part's been given a gift and that when the parts function properly, they build each other up mm-hmm. and they move the message of of Christ forward. Mm-hmm. And so our heart is to say, "Hey, you're a part of the body of Christ. Your marriage is not ne- not just necessary, but it's vital mm-hmm. to yeah. what God's doing in the world. So say yes. Say yes to God, what he has for you. <laughs> That's amazing. And Marriage After God has turned into really more good. than a book. I mean, kind of before the book, actually. You guys, your mm-hmm. podcast is Marriage After God. You know, you guys have an Instagram account, Marriage After God. And are you hoping to continue the Marriage After God message in other avenues, ways, you yeah, we're we're really excited about um, how marriage after God is. What we like to say is a movement yeah. uh, that it's not just a book. It's and, a, it's and a it's movement not, of right. people, and exactly. it's not just Aaron and I. Like it's it's uh, so many other couples that are rallying for the same message, saying, you know, this is this is what God desires for every marriage, and so we're really excited to um, just, I guess, just be the hands pushing forward this yeah. movement. Yes. Yeah. So good. You guys, Honestly, I, Jared and I love that. And uh, are yeah. So passionate I think about that this book, that is an amazing overview. And I was going to ask you, uh, Aaron, about your whole say yes thing. And mm-hmm. to your point, you know, so many people, I think that's so good to realize and recognize that a lot of people don't think that they necessarily have a big part to play. But it, I think it's because a lot of times people measure their small yeses to someone else's big yes, mm-hmm. although that big yes is usually right. the result of thousands of small yeses. Yeah. Right, which people don't always see. You don't yeah. always see that. Exactly. Like, I'm going to steal your guys' tagline, but the behind the scenes of the right. little everyday yeah. faithful yeses that are made in order to say yes to that big thing. Right. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. seen those those pictures of the iceberg and, it, and on top oh, of the yeah. iceberg, it has the word success. And then like underneath, like the whole part of it's got like, um, you know, hundred hour days, you know, the sorrows, the sadness, the, the yeah. excitements, the, and it's got all the things that build up to it. And that's yeah. essentially what this is, is um, we want to strip away the, the lies that um, someone might have that they might be believing and saying, well, I can't do, you know, do that thing that that missionary is doing, or I can't, I, I'm not starting a church or I don't, I can't lead worship or, you know, these handful of things that we might call ministry, um, yeah. which are ministries. Um, but, to look at those things and say, since I don't do those things, I must not be a part. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's exactly what Paul talks about when he talks about the body parts and how they're all all necessary. Like the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, or the head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. You know, if all 
the body was an eye, where would the sense of smell be? You know, if all the body was a, was a nose, where would the sense of sight be? Yeah. We, we need every part. And we even say this in the book. We don't need more Aaron and Jennifer's. Mm-hmm. We need we need us, me and Jennifer need to say yes to God and be obedient mm-hmm. to him for what he has for us. And then we need you, Jeremy and Audrey, to be Jeremy and Audrey and say yes to God and be obedient with what God's given you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we need, um, you know, that couple that's listening right now, we need them to be them yeah. for God. Exactly. What God's given them, we need them to say yes to God with what they have, mm-hmm. not with what we have. So, yes, I, yeah, that's so good. How do you guys explain a little bit like how you walked the reader kind of through this this idea um, like the little yeses, you know what I mean? The Lord says there's many things that we can say yes to in our day to day. And those ultimately, you know, mm-hmm. build the type of character, person, human being, attitude, heart to be the person that can say yes when it's difficult or say yes to a bigger thing. Um, what does that process kind of look or like? Or say for, no sometimes. Or say no to something. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. that's true. Yeah, the, that's true. The saying yes to God is not like a blanket, yeah, like I'm going to totally. say yes to everything. Yes. It's no, I, I'm saying yes to, <laughs> it's saying yes to God. Yeah. And so we start off with the word of God and we say, until you know how, who you're saying yes to and what he desires, you won't know what to say yes to. Yes. You'll say yes to the wrong things. Mm-hmm. You'll say no to the wrong things. And And that idea of saying no to the wrong things is like, God might want, you know, someone to open up their home to their neighbor to have a dinner. And they might say, no, that's not my job or I'm too nervous or, and God's like, actually, no, that's what I want you to say yes to. I want you to open up your home. And so it's, it's getting to know the heart of God, digging into his word and saying, God, who, who am I to you? What do what do you, what have you given me? Who am I? And so knowing God first, knowing what his word says helps us say yes to him. So yeah. When you dig into the word of God and you you see that he he wants us to love one another, then we know like, oh man, I need to say yes to that. I need to say yes to loving one another and boom, you're you're ministering to the body of Christ. Yes. Which is another thing we talk about in the book is a part of our ministry as a marriage is not just to outsiders, not just to the lost, but it's to those in the church. Mm. And yeah. that's something that we should say yes to. Um we talk about in the beginning of the book that um, we said yes to being obedient to the covenant that we we entered into with our marriage. Instead of saying no to that, we know God, God's heart was us saying yes to it. Mm-hmm. And so we said yes, even when it was hard, even when we wanted to walk away in our marriage, we said yes to God and said, I'm going to do what, what your heart is for me, God, even though my heart's not in it. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know how to, I'm just going to say yes anyway, and I'm going to be obedient. And you know what happens when we do that? What? We change. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. we change. Uh, it's this idea of um, being obedient before understanding. And oftentimes as, as Christians, we want to understand things fully before we'll say yes to something. Mm-hmm. And you just don't see that in scripture. When you see almost every scenario, you know, Abraham, go into this place, a faraway place, I'm going to, te- I'm going to tell you. And he goes. He literally doesn't know where he's going. He mm-hmm. just starts going. He says, go, and I will, t- I will show you. Um, you know, Joseph, he, he didn't even have any control. He was thrown into the hole. And he's like, okay, I'm going to trust God. And he just did the next right thing in the next place he was. And then he did the next right thing in the next place he was. And he just trusted God. And so it's kind of that idea of like, we're going to be obedient. And then as we're obedient, we're going to understand as we go along. Yeah. Yeah. And like just having a willing heart. You know, I feel like it starts with like, you can't be obedient unless you have a willing heart of like, that's yielded to the Lord. And I feel like that's where yeah. it kind of starts for, mm-hmm. you know, but I um, wanted Aaron. to ask you guys, because we have a lot of listeners who aren't married or maybe they're dating or a lot of listeners right now are currently engaged and maybe getting married this summer. So what, how can couples who are single or dating prepare for a marriage after God? What do you guys see as being good steps to do that? And, or maybe is there something that you wish that you guys would have known before you were married that would have helped better set you guys up for a marriage after God? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is um, our personal experience with praying for each other, even before we knew each other would be, um, that we would be, yeah. yeah. So I was praying for my future husband long before Aaron and I even entered into a relationship and he was doing the same thing for me. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's a huge message that we like to encourage, um, through our, through our platforms and through people that we encourage because, um, prayer is necessary. And I, I just think that it gets your heart in the right place for one, what you're looking for in a, mm-hmm. in a spouse. But also when you present those kind of prayer requests to God, he ha- has a special way of, 
having your heart focus on them in light of your own character, in light of your own heart. So, mm, you know, good. it comes back to that question, um, or I guess that saying that you, you not, it wouldn't be that you're trying to find the right spouse more than you're trying to be the right spouse. So in that mm-hmm. time of preparation yeah. and longing that you're, you're preparing your heart for your spouse by being the right person, by being a godly person, by knowing the mm-hmm. word of God and walking it in obedience. Yeah. yeah, I would totally agree. And I and we actually we wrote some books, not to do another shameless plug, but uh, yes, tell them. No, I was for, just gonna say, tell them about yeah, thirty one prayers for future husband and wife, and and the, and it's engaged couples go, go through it, singles um, go through them. Um, but the way we wrote those prayers was to first of all teach them the, the things to be praying for, yeah, because um, you can go much beyond the, these thirty one prayers. But often the prayers are internal focused like prepare my heart for mm. my wife, prepare my character for her rather than make sure she has the best character and, <laughs> and I'll change, yeah, I'll change yeah. later. Yeah. It's like Jennifer said, um, asking the Lord to reveal in us what he desires from us to be as a husband or a wife for our future spouse. Right. Um, because it, it's, it's easy to romanticize and be like, Oh, they're going to be this and I'm going to be great. I actually like thought I was perfect when I got married, <laughs> Me too. Um, which is such a weird thing to think. But I, I remember legitimately thinking like, man, I'm probably never going to fight with my spouse because I'm so easygoing and I, I can yeah. overlook things, which is true <laughs> about me. But man, it is so much different when you like live with someone mm-hmm. every single day and, and you're called to sacrifice for too. them. <laughs> yeah. And they think they're perfect. And oh my goodness, right. our perfect, our our ideas of perfect are so different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to say to this, and this is looking in hindsight to what we walked through and what we experienced in our mm-hmm. relationship and getting married. Um, and that's that we both wish that we uh, walked more in purity, oh, yeah. um, even individually. Like, mm-hmm. w- you know, I don't know, Aaron, I feel like we should just jump in here, but um, Aaron, You're about to open a huge can. I know. So um, <laughs> big can, big can. Can I, can. <laughs> can I say the can I say the p word on here? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Aaron struggled with pornography for years before we got married, yeah. and he was courageous enough to bring it up to me before we got married. But I was in this belief that all guys struggled with it and it'll be taken care of once we get married. And that was my line of thinking. And I mm-hmm. wish, I wish, I wish that I would have been more, um, more me. bold and yeah. more. I guess have a better understanding of what this problem consisted of so that yeah. we could address it better before marriage. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm going to take that P word purity. Um, <laughs> that, that is a, I think that's a huge, not think that's absolutely a huge thing. Ephesians five tells us that there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual morality with it among saints. Mm. It's not proper for us as Christians to have that. And so I would say everyone that's listening, that's not married. And if you're married and you're walking yeah. in impurity, like yeah. repentance, confession, and finding help must take place. Like right it now, cannot today. just be like, well, like we all sin, we're all sinners. I mean, let's yeah. just, I mean, it's just a little bit of pornography. Like, right. no, like we, it needs to be eradicated from the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We as Christians need to take responsibility for our sin and we need to eradicate it and walk in purity. It says, uh, be holy as I am holy in the Bible. Mm-hmm. God wants holy people. Yes. There's going to be times that we choose to sin, but you know what? We have a savior for that. And the Bible tells us over and over again, we don't take that freedom and, and use it as a, a opportunity for the flesh and for sin. No, it, we're to walk in holiness mm-hmm. and we're to chase righteousness and walk in the power that the spirit gives us. So purity, yeah. I, th- I, 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 um, I get broken over the fact that I, I wasn't walking in purity before I walked into my relationship with my wife that I brought that into my marriage mm-hmm. and even into my, like my children, I had ch- children and I was still walking in this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, it breaks my heart to know that I didn't have more strength in that time or didn't believe the truth earlier or didn't have so- people in my life being bolder toward me and yeah. saying, bro, yeah. you, you can walk in freedom and you must change. <laughs> yeah. What I was, th- yeah, I was just going to ask Aaron, like, what do you feel like if there is someone listening right now that's like, man, I have brought that into my marriage or I have brought that into now having kids. Like, what do you feel like was a turning point for you or, or for you and Jennifer together? Like Jen, what was a turning point in forgiveness for you? Aaron, what was mm-hmm. a turning point for you in, in terms of just walking away completely repentant of that? So there was a, Two major events that happened, you know, what now, almost four years ago, that um, one of them was earlier than that. But um, Jennifer finally, uh, rather than just being hurt because she had a right to be hurt, she came to me as a sister in the Lord and told me the truth. And she said, Aaron, you are committing adultery. 
you don't recognize that what you're going to do to our children if you continue in this, that you're going to be an example to them, that you're going to impart, you're going to, you're going to um, put our children at risk of these things. Mm. So she like, it was the first time ever that she like spoke soberly to me. Um, she was still hurt, but she told me the truth from the word of God. And then the second thing that happened a little bit later on was I had a brother tell me, he, he called me out on my believing of lies. I believed that sin pornography was happening to me. And that it would mm. always happen to me. And you. that it would always happen to me. I may have some like length of time of purity and like, but you know what? It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. Yeah. I believed, I believed it was something that happened to me. And, it, and if it's something happening to me, then I have no control. Mm. But the Bible tells us that Christ has set us free from the, the bonds of sin and death, that we have been completely set free and that those, that sin doesn't have power over me yeah. unless I give it power, that I can actually choose to walk in the spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's what the Bible tells us. It also says that, that when temptation comes, not if tempt temptation comes, when temptation comes, the Lord will not allow us to be tempted beyond our means. Meaning there's no Christian that cannot uh, escape temptation. Yeah, That's literally what that means. This. God will not right. allow any Christian to be tempted beyond what they're capable of escaping. And it mm. says with the temptation, he'll provide a way of escape. Yeah. And so he, he challenged me on that belief and said, you're believing a lie that you're trapped and that you can't walk in freedom. And he's like, secondly, you need to confess that you love your sin, that you love pornography. I always confessed that I, you know, the shame. I confessed that I did it. You know, I, I would say I messed up. So the thing I was confessing was the event. Mm. It wasn't the sin. The thing I confessed was the shame. It wasn't the sin. Mm. And the sin was I loved my lust. And the reason I know that's true is because if I hated it, I'd cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. If I, if I truly hated it, yeah. And so I finally was able to, to, when I realized what I was actually, what I actually needed to confess was, man, I need to confess that I, I'm a lustful person. I love this sin. And then, you know what? I can actually, at that point, truly begin to hate it and say, no, no, I don't hate pornography. I hate my lust. Mm -hmm. And pornography is the thing that I would chase after with my lust. And so now that I can know that what it is, I can actually see it for what it is. I can actually take the ways out that God gives me. And now that I know it's a choice that I'm making, not something that's happening to me, I know when the, when the temptation comes, immediately this, I get more and more sensitive to the Spirit. And the Spirit's like, what are you going to choose? Yeah, are you going to choose the way out? Are you going to choose righteousness? Or are you going to choose your flesh? That's and good. so everyone that's listening, if you're a believer, if you got the Holy Spirit in you, you are free. That addiction doesn't have any power over you. It's got no, no it, it, that temptation, there's a way out because God promises it. And that you get to choose what you're going to do with that temptation. And that it's not something happening to you. It's something that you can control and choose to walk in freedom of. Hey, friend. I want to take a quick minute to tell you how you can download and listen to the Audible book of either A Love Letter Life or Jen and Aaron's new book, Marriage After God, for free. So we've partnered with Audible. And if you do not have an Audible account and you want to get a free download access, a free book download access to over 180,000 other books uh, and a 30-day free trial, you can use our custom URL to do that. So if you go to audibletrial.com backslash Roloff, you can get your first download for free. So we can make that a love of our life. You can make that marriage after God, or you have access to 180,000 other books and uh, also comes with a free 30-day trial. So uh, that's something for you guys to take advantage of. Hope you do so. Once again, it's audibletrial.com backslash Roloff. All right, back to the episode. Yeah. Thank that's, you for sharing that, yeah. Aaron. And I know like this isn't necessarily and the topic to we set out to like yeah. dive into, but we really appreciate it because well, we know I, I want to follow up, babe, real quick. Hard battle for so many yeah. people so yeah and then anyone that Aaron like that point on you are dead to sin and free Romans 6 breaks down kind of Paul breaks down exactly kind of how what that looks like and why that is a reality mm -hmm. dead to sin alive to God from slaves to slim to sin to slaves to God 
Yeah. And so Romans 6, for anyone uh, listening, is just a really good kind of chapter about that. But Yeah, it's good. Super good, really Aaron. Good. Yeah, thank you guys for sharing. I know you guys have been open about that in the past in the online space and in books and things like that before. And also, if you're listening, Jer and I are pretty open about that too in chapter seven of our book. But it is just an issue, especially in the culture that we live in, in the world that we live in today, that can't be ignored. It has to be addressed and fought. And mm-hmm. um, and I think so many people, like you guys said, just overlook it or just, you and know, it's, it's always just going to be a thing that's happening to me. Yeah. And, and that's it's such awesome. a lie. It's, yeah, that's so true, babe. And it's arguably the greatest battlefront of our time, mm-hmm. probably. Just with it's gotta every, be one of them. <laughs> it's got to be one of them. Yeah. With everything that's that's just going on um, in culture, but also with just the availability, accessibility, um, increasing statistics. It's just crazy. So thanks for being open about that, guys. Yeah, yeah. it's really yeah. good. Um, so going back to the book for a second, do you was there a chapter of the book that was? the easiest to write, the most fun to write? And then was there a chapter of the book that was the hardest to write? And I feel like for us, you know, in a love letter life, those two chapters, like the easiest, most fun and the hardest were the two chapters that had the most impact on our readers. So maybe Mm -hmm. also like what has been some key takeaways Mm -hmm. that readers have had that you guys have seen so far from those chapters? I love these questions. Um, okay, so uh, the I think the uh, most fun chapter for us to write, I, I would say two, and they kind of are in tandem, but it's um, what's in your tool belt and dreaming together. And these are aspects mm. of our marriage that we've been walking through the you know over the last decade. They're also the most practical chapters. They're the most That's practical cool. chapters and the most uh, I would say unique to uh, this book, Marriage After God. You know, it's just it was our heart behind why we wanted to share this message, and essentially, mm-hmm. it's just um, you know that the idea that God has given every marriage a tool belt and we're filling it up over time and we break it down into four categories to help uh, a couple Mm -hmm. um, have the conversation to answer that question what's in our tool belt and um, you know we just to simplify it it's experiences testimonies of what God's doing in your life or what he's done in your life uh, gifts natural giftings that you may have and resources and then by identifying those things in your own marriage you get to talk about what that looks like because every marriage is unique. That's a huge Mm. thread throughout the whole book is that every marriage is unique. So instead of marriage after God telling people specifically what God has, uh, you know, what their calling is for their marriage, we equip every marriage to be able to have the conversation with each other Mm. and to navigate that and discover it with God. Um, And that's what the dreaming together section is. It's a very practical way to encourage or inspire a couple to go to the drawing table, do the brain dumping sessions and, uh, you know, just talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. And and the reason we, we wrote those chapters was to answer the question, what do we have to offer? Mm -hmm. So we wanted to give we, we actually let let them walk through and they can actually look internally and say, oh, what? And they, that, coming on the other side of it, they'll actually realize like, wow, we actually have a lot to offer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, rather than like having these, you know, categories that they don't have anything in, mm-hmm. they have plenty of categories that I have nothing yeah. to offer in, mm-hmm. but they right. do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's beautiful about those, those two chapters. That's and, cool. And dreaming together, like how... We just did a dreaming retreat or a vision retreat rather at the beginning of this year. And it was kind of one of the first times we, we've always been dreamers and thought about that together. But it, the first time we'd really sat down to, you know, write down our goals and our vision and our dreams was super powerful. So can, when it's something you have to carve out time to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You it, know, not just like accidental date night can't, coming up with an idea, but like, no, who, like, right. where are we going and what are we about and what, to your point, you know, you guys, what is our participation in the body and the story of the Lord, mm-hmm. of God? Um, how important is it to dream together? Uh, well, it's, I think it's really important. I think uh, whether or not it's big dreaming or little dreaming, it's it's a practice of oneness. It's a practice of unity that we're coming together and we're saying, you know, what's our marriage about? What is God, what has God given us? How can it be used for him? And that could that could be very small, like seemingly small ways. But to be honest, like the, some of the biggest impact that happens in the world is on the one-on-one relationship things, mm-hmm. is on the things that we think are small. Yeah. Um, you know, even in, when you see these big organizations, they often share, the, they're the smallest stories that have been the most impactful in those large organizations. You had that one experience, that one person's life that was changed. And then that one person who did this one thing. And so... 
dreaming together is it's just a, it's a practice of, of unification that, Hey, we're going to come together. And it's not just me pursuing my ideas and my goals and you do the same. And we're just going to, you know, let's just try not to get in each other's way. (laughs) It's sitting down and saying, who are we together? Yeah. What's God given us? Yeah. How can we use it for his glory, his goodness to share his message? And in order to do that, it requires communication and vulnerability. So to be able to mm-hmm. share what's on your heart, even if it's a kind of wild dream, it's like we have to be willing to uh, have a safe place where we can talk to each other and, and communicate those things and share what's on our hearts. And when we do that, we're cultivating intimacy in the marriage. And, um, you know, one thing that we do mention in the book is that when we when we dream together, what we're doing is we're looking to the future and we're saying, this is what we're going to aim for, or these are some goals that we're going to strategize for together as a team. And that that hopefulness for the future produces perseverance that people need today mm-hmm. uh, to get through the hard days or to mm-hmm. get through the weary days or to get through the mundane days of why are we doing this? Why are we focusing so much on, you know, just raising our kids or or doing, you know, the, the, the job that we have or whatever the thing is that the person listening right now is thinking of mm-hmm. and it's it's for the purpose of what god wants yeah, yeah. so we're right. really excited about those those two chapters and uh to your question i would say that the hardest thing uh about writing marriage after god was that it was a collaboration so for any for anyone you know writing a book with another author even yeah. if you're married it can be <laughs> a challenge especially if you're married we know about that <laughs> we know about that yeah. challenge <laughs> so just just having that um, cohesive voice throughout the whole thing um, mm-hmm. was a challenge, but also so that a husband or a wife could read it and it would mm-hmm. um, speak to them and it wasn't just to a husband or just to a wife. So having an understanding or a way of writing that spoke to both at the same exact time. Yeah, what we didn't want to yeah. do is we didn't want to have a... So this half of the chapters for the husband, this half of the chapters for the wife. Yeah, we didn't want to do it because we had this idea of, of oneness. So what what our goal from the beginning was like, how can we write this book to where, um, when they're reading this, it's talking to them both at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Uh, there's a few spots that we have to like call out some unique roles and ideas and things, but <laughs> that when you read the book, we are talking to them as one. It's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. They are one. They are one person. So our reader though married and two individuals are one person to us. And that was a, I feel like a, it, it happened uh, easier than I thought, but it was difficult yeah. for us to be like, how are we, how do we talk to them? We had to be intentional. Yeah. We had to be very intentional. Like, our, cause we, cause the easy thing would have been to just separate and talk to each individual person. But we wanted to solidify this idea. Like, no, you're one, mm-hmm. it's good. you're one in Christ. And so do this together. Yeah. <laughs> and originally when yeah. we, when we first, the first draft, there wasn't even a distinction between our two voices. We added some distinction so that, that you can know where stories were coming from and it just had to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the idea was we wanted to even come from one voice mm-hmm. to yeah. the readers. That's so cool. Love that, I love guys. that. And, and we would agree that was super, our books are written differently, but the problem was the same of how to get mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. authors yeah, to, to do tricky. something in a book that's, that that's one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, something a little more practical I want to ask you guys, what are some, you know, in this pursuit of a marriage after God, in this pursuit of love that lasts, if you will, uh, in this pursuit of oneness, what are some specific questions? Like I imagine, what are some specific questions that people can be asking each other, couples can be asking each other, or even, mm, let's keep this to marriage. Like, I, cause I imagine two people, husband and wife coming together and going, okay, like I want this, where sh- maybe should I start? Do you guys have any like first steps or just even a couple questions were like, okay, start here. Let's- we've, and we've found like questions to be a very powerful thing in our marriage, like with our weekly questions that we ask each other and like certain times of the year, bigger questions that we ask each other, like in anniversaries and stuff. But even like we've been asking a lot of our podcast guests, you know, what kind of questions should people be asking when they're dating, when they're engaged, when they're newlyweds, you know, before mm-hmm. they're having kids, like in these moments of life in transitional seasons, like are there questions that you guys think that would be helpful to people, to couples? And maybe we do well, specifically. Uh, yeah, I want to say specifically like for people pursuing a marriage after God. Yeah. Like what are some good questions? Like when you sit down on t- next week's date night to try to draw out from each other some of this material, you know, mm-hmm. what are some good ways to start? Yeah. 
So very practically, we provided these kinds of questions in Marriage After God because yeah. we wanted it to every be, chapter. Yeah, we wanted it to be a conversation. We didn't want to just write this book and then it be a book. We wanted it to be, like I said earlier, a catalyst for couples to then go to the table and talk about it with each other. Yes. And we know that's difficult to do. So by giving those prompts, it just, um, I don't know, I, I found it to be a really practical way that couples can do this. So at the yeah. end of every chapter, there's a handful of questions that they Love can... Talk about that are specific to each chapter, and then at the very end, um, to kind of um, help along that whole dreaming together exercise, we have a bunch of m- more questions that they can use to um, to yeah. do that t- together. Do you have awesome. anything else, Dan? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, we we provide a ton of questions that are great for. They're all super open ended and very. They they cause you to go deep into who you are as a couple and who you are to God. But a general question that I think every Christian and every marriage should be asking themselves often is how are we being salt and light Mm. in the world? How are we representing the gospel of Christ in the world? Because to be honest, that's exactly what our marriages are, whether we like it or not. Yeah. The husband represents Christ in the church and the wife represents the church. That we're, we're a walking picture, a walking symbol of the gospel. Now we could, we could very easily be a very bad example of the gospel. Uh, and, but you yeah. know what? Like it, it's a, it's just a healthy question to say, Hey, are we, are we faithfully representing the gospel in our life? Now that means we're, we're moving toward it. We're, we're pursuing it, not just um, whimsically going throughout life and saying, well, every once in a while we represent it, but no, but like consciously, mm-hmm. like as a wife, am I representing the church in the way I submit to my husband in the way I love my husband, the way I help my husband. And then the husband, am I consciously deciding to love my wife as Christ loves the church, giving himself up for her? Are we, are we that picture in our home to our kids? Are we that picture to our neighbors, to the people in the grocery store? Um, And then recognizing like, man, in that area, we're not. So how can we change? How can Mm -hmm. we grow? What is, what does God want from us in that area? It's good. Really good. Very practical. Very, you know, something to banner on the door frames of your house. (laughs) Like we need that reminder all the time. So, And I mean, that immediately starts with like, you got to know what the gospel is Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you got to know what it it says and and you got to surround yourself. So, I mean, one practical way to start, I think for a lot of people is like, if you're not reading the word Mm -hmm. or studying it, like start there (laughs) because (laughs) it's hard to act on it if you don't know it. Or mm-hmm. two, find and surround yourself with people that do know it in a community that sharpens one another and does want to press into scripture and the truth of the Bible and what the Lord says. Um, those are, I mean, that's obviously the the bare bones, I would say, that kind of starting point. And then obviously prayer, like you can ask for mm-hmm. wisdom, yeah. you can ask for all that stuff, but super good. Yeah, really good. Okay, well, this was just a fun question that I wanted to ask you guys Um in this past year, has there been something that's been a lifeline for your marriage? It could be a new rhythm, a new resource, an activity, you know, some way that you're spending time as a family. Is there something new in this past year that's been like a lifeline for you guys? It's a great question, by the it, way. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the I, this is really random. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is our backyard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah. you guys do have a good backyard. backyard. <laughs> I know. But uh but it's progressed. That's good. Like yeah. I think every summer it's looked a little bit different depending on what project we're doing. But you know, the first year was the garage had to be put up and we put this sliding door on the um, was that the it. north wall? Yeah. And so instead of it just being a wall, it's, it's a slide up door that you can see out into the backyard. And so the second year we put up this big tree house and, and did the garden. And so this year I just felt like everything was complete and we could just like enjoy it. But, um, it was also a really, um, vital way that we got work done because the kids would be playing when and we had to like engage, engage or collaborate with each other or mm-hmm. talk about things or plan out things. Um, so like just this morning, we, we wanted to do some catch up with each other. Uh, just some things have been going on. And so we had the kids run outside and it's like really nice out right now. Nice we're day. sitting on our chairs and we're talking while the kids are playing. And, and then we did family Bible time outside. Yeah, we transitioned and, right to Bible time. No one cool. had to 
yeah that's it awesome just, we we're all we're all just there and i feel like it's a place that we just have fun but can also get things done and it's it's kind of like a little retreat for us too like it's yeah. just it's beautiful and engaging and fun place to be it so. is beautiful and engaging and fun place to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah we love it it's epic that's awesome i love that answer you guys that's yeah really good um okay so also curious to ask you guys, you guys been married, how many years have you guys been married now? 12. So 12, yeah. 12, okay. So 12 years, four kids, different ministries, different jobs, you've lived in different cities, lots of transitions. Mm -hmm. How yeah. has date night or time one-on-one, -on -one, you guys without kids, looked like for you guys? And how has it evolved over the years? Because I think a lot of times like it we have this idea or some couples have this idea that like, we have to go on a date night every single week Year of year of year of year of year. And it's like that. And yeah. while that can work for some people and be amazing, I think the reality is for most people, what date night looks like changes mm -hmm. a lot over the years and yeah. how you do it. And so just curious if you guys can speak to how it's changed for you guys and what it looks like right now. Or not even yeah. date night specifically, but any rhythm. Right. Yeah. Time yeah. together for yeah. you guys. It's definitely has evolved uh, for us in that the first five years of our marriage, even though it was like the hardest time and, you know, uh, just yeah, that was a really hard time in our life. We mm -hmm. uh, spent a lot of quality time together because we didn't have any kids during those first or five money. years. Or money. So um, I just felt like we we had quality time together often. Um, I'm not going to label it as a date, but we did things together all the time that, you know, mm -hmm. could easily be said are dates. And so because we didn't have a regular rhythm or habit of date night, um, once our kids started coming along, all the quality time that we did have kind of got pushed to the side. Aaron had a different job and we, we kind of lost. Yeah, yeah, we weren't intentional in that yeah. way. And we felt that pressure kind of building up. So by our second kid, we started recognizing, hey, we need to do, we need to do a date night. And it still wasn't consistent. Um, but now we're at, we're at a place where we found that if we just scheduled date night, whether or not we were able to make it happen, we, we could look forward to it. We know it's coming. and It happens way more often. It happens way more often. So that's been really awesome. Yeah. So um, is there anything like, any just going right off of that, you guys, is there any practical advice you'd give, uh, I don't know, Audrey and I, or anyone listening, really, or maybe for, specifically well, families with young families kids, with trying young kids. to spend time together, but and I asked different this, than it did before kids, and and I asked this personally too because I, Audrey and I are still in in a season of exploring and learning just kind of what mm -hmm. this looks like with work, especially working together with kids, with wanting to add more kids. It's been a difficult process, and. You know, we've been, well, there's several things we're intentional with, but is there anything specifically you guys would mention? Well, I'd first encourage your listeners to go listen to episode 11 again. Is that what that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that Honestly, was good. Well, that is we, true. We did talk about we that. We talked about bit. seasons um, and having this mentality of seasons. And what that yeah. means is true. as a family unit, as a husband yeah. and wife, uh, acknowledging there are, there are going to be certain seasons of less uh, quality time. Maybe like you guys would just went through a season of writing your book. So there was probably right. weeks of, of long nights and early mornings and, um, but letting, I mean, your kid, your, your kids are young, your baby's young. Um, but when they get older, explain. So we tell our kids like, Hey, yeah, for the next week, we're going to be really busy. But, <laughs> and then we would give them something to look forward to. But at the end of this, we're going to go have a little trip. We're going to go, we're going to do something with you. That's and, awesome. And, yeah. That's a good and, but being, but fulfilling it. Not yeah. just saying it and then being like, oh, there's another thing and always or... letting it roll into the next thing and letting it roll into the next right. thing. Like so there that's is no just real... as much of yeah. a commitment as whatever yes. work thing that you guys have. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so being seasonal minded. So knowing that like, hey, this is, yeah. we're going to have a season of rest, but we're mm -hmm. all, but now we're going to have a season of work and this is, it's going to be hard, but keeping everyone in the same page and knowing that there's going to be an end to that season. Mm. Yeah. Um, Communicating that with each other too is so, it's just so important because it aligns yeah. your guys' hearts. It gets you excited about what you're working towards together. Um, and I, I just want to add to, I know we talked about date night being something that's evolved over the years, but something that's been consistent that I've really appreciated about Aaron and I's relationship is that we are always talking to each other, catching each other up, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, late at night when we're in bed, right before we go to bed or, um, at, at some or, point throughout yeah. the day, we just find time to 
talk and say, hey, this is what's going on or hey, this is what happened yesterday. And even if it's kind of benign, like it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. we, ha- we, we have to know what's going on in each other's lives to be excited for one another or to process with each other or to be sorrowful with each other. And mm-hmm. I just think that th- that being able to communicate, even if it's not perfect, because I know that there's sloppy days yeah. where things are miscommunicated or not taken right or yeah. um, mm-hmm. or we walk things out in, pr- in a prideful way. And, mm-hmm. you know, it can be messy, but to be consistent in communicating with each other has been s- s- invaluable to me. And then I would um, add another practical tip to this, and this is for pretty much anything in our lives. Um, uh, when you write something down, it's more likely to happen. Yeah, yeah. this is true. Um, so if we kind of like crapshoot our, our our life and say like, <laughs> well, if a date night comes up, we'll go do it. And it, maybe we'll do this little family trip or uh, yeah. well, in a few weeks, I'll go do something fun with the kids. And, and you know what happens is th- things happen. And then yeah. we get the phone calls and then we get the, the job opportunities and oh, then we, we get forget. the, and then it just never happens mm-hmm. because we think it's something that will just happen organically rather than saying, Hey, let's put it on the calendar. Yeah. Um, this is something that we have evolved and we used to do nothing on the calendar mm-hmm. and th- Jennifer would plan something. I'd be like, I, I plan something too. And then like we, or not, we'd have to, we'd miss things or, um, so what we started doing is we made a little family calendar where we it, it's shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If she puts something on it, I see it. If I put something on it, she sees it. We get little notifications about it. And we just started literally putting everything on the calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so right now, like we said about date night, it's literally on the calendar. Every Tuesday night is designated date night. Now there's plenty of times that it doesn't happen. The yeah. kids are yeah. sick. We couldn't get a babysitter. But, but you yeah, know what? It doesn't, it doesn't go off the calendar. So it next stays. Tuesday, yeah. it's still on the calendar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Jennifer knows, oh, she, it's not like a, I forgot to get a babysitter. It's every week it, the the people that we have know that we do it. And so it's, they contact us and say, do you want me? It's kind we of a yes. protecting of your time and what's happening in your lives instead of just letting it happen to you. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's yeah. this idea of like, if you want, if you want to do something, like, let's say you want to start doing Bible time with your kids. It's not going to just happen unless you say, tomorrow morning at seven o'clock after breakfast, we're doing Bible time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you put it on the calendar, you write it on the board or you, you, you mm-hmm. put it on a piece of paper. Or you, And then you say, tell your wife, like, remind me. Mm-hmm. And you tell your kids, hey, tomorrow, remind me, we're in the morning, we're going to do mm-hmm. Bible time. Mm-hmm. And kids love being responsible for that sort of stuff. They'll remind you right. of everything. Yeah, um, I'd also like to um, speak real quick to any moms listening. I, something that I'm kind of just now recognizing um, that I do this for you, Aaron, and that is that I'm kind of the kid's advocate for um, date nights with dad. And so not that dad has to do that, but the kids will tell me when they are missing dad or are excited to see dad or I'm, or I'm, I'm recognizing that they Mm -hmm. need some extra dad time. And so instead of Elliot taking a nap one day, I'll encourage Aaron, Hey, you have a free time because I'm looking at the calendar and I'm saying, Hey, why don't you go do this thing with him? And then it gets done. Um, or, you know, there was a time that Olive really wanted to go ice skating. I'm not that great at it. And I knew she wanted to spend time with Erin. So I just put it on the calendar and it happened and it was so great. And she came back so just filled up. And I'll say this, it did take quite yeah. a while for it to happen, but you kept reminding me. And then you finally said, "There, it's going to be su- free summer soon. And if you don't do it now, you're going to miss your opportunity. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to do that. <laughs> yeah, FOMO, <laughs> so I, FOMO. Per- we, <laughs> yeah. But we, we collaborated and we communicated. We found a day that worked and it, and it did happen. And so I just want to encourage all the moms listening that we can be our, our children's advocates in this way and our helper to our husbands in that we know each other's schedules. We know what's happening on in the family. Um, if we don't know what's happening, that goes back to communication and talking with each other about that. Um, but just just making sure that stuff does happen and it's not just like, you know, forgot about. And a, 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 a bit of fruit that comes out of this way of thinking of like, we're instead of just waiting for stuff to happen or thinking they're just going to happen on their own organically mm. and scheduling it is the fruit is you get better at doing things and growing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you, it just happens more often. And then you also, when things don't work out, it's, it's, it's okay mm-hmm. because it's not, that it's just another thing that it didn't work out. It's the one thing that didn't work out. Yeah. Mm. And so you don't have kids that grow up thinking like, yeah, they always promise this and it never happens. Or you don't mm. have a wife that thinks, yeah, he says that, but he's going to be late again. Right. Or th- that date night that never, it's never going to come. Mm. Or, you know, the, it's, it's more, it becomes more of the rarity of yeah, things falling through rather than the norm of everything falls through and every once in a while there's a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, you have more breakthroughs. You have more opportunities. You have more connection, more oneness, more joy. And so just... Putting th- writing things down. 
Yeah. It, and it's almost it like in calendar. doing that, that in itself is a conflict prevention thing in your marriage. Yeah. Because like we, I mean, we do this similarly. We have our Google calendar, but we also well, we like- We just started those this year though. We just started our own our yeah, calendars but, this but year. But for the past five years, we've been physically writing it down in our marriage journal because every week our marriage journal has a weekly calendar. So we have a chance mm-hmm. to go like, okay, what's our day that we're going to go on a date night this week? Or are we not going to go on a date night this week? And we're going to be clear about expectations so that we don't get mad. You know what I mean? And so like, it's a, it's an expectation management thing we like to say, Mm -hmm. but that in itself does prevent conflict in our marriage. Cause like you guys said, you know, if Jennifer's planning something that you didn't know about Aaron and then it comes up and Jennifer's expecting you to go and you're like, but we didn't, I planned this thing. And then that's like a lot of times for Jared and I, where the conflict happens. So I think that is such a good tool Mm -hmm. for preventing conflict that's such an easy practical way to do that um but segueing off of that do you guys have i mean any what is your conflict prevention do you guys have other conflict prevention tools or strategies or advice for how to handle conflict and disagreements when they do happen in your marriage Mm. or 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 going back to the book like saying yes to god you know like when that happens how what's your brain process of what do you say yes to? Cause you, cause the Holy Spirit's in those moments, in those moments, yeah. convicting, you know, cause uh, well, the, we, we have a, we have a whole section on part, one of our ministries as a, as a couple. And we're, we're given this ministry by God, by Christ actually, is we're, we're, we're ministers of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And the point of that is that our goal is to preach the gospel, which reconciles men to God. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Um, but that idea of reconciliation is a, is practice in reality every day. So my heart towards my wife shouldn't be one of bitterness and separation of like, well, until you change, I'm not going to love you. No, it's mm-hmm. actually, it's for the purpose of reconciling that. No, 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 we, we are one in this current situation. This is the thing that needs to be destroyed so that we are not. And so, and that sounds perfect in principle, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's much more difficult when you're in the midst and the heat of the, of the conversation. And um, so I would say for me that the yes in those moments is, is a yes to humbleness. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, as, as um, you know, Matt always says, um, <laughs> Jeremy, you know Matt. Yeah, uh, Matt Jacobson. He, you know, he says you you can't fight with a humble person. Yeah, you just can't. So, and that is so hard. And I, I don't win that battle every single <laughs> time. I I could. It just takes really being humble and laying down everything and saying good. I'm not going to try and win right now, even though I I think I should. <laughs> Hey, so I love that Aaron and Jen brought up the calendar as a way to prevent conflict, uh, plan out your week, your month, your year, uh, and ultimately just design success because quality time never, or rather shall I say, rarely happens on accident. And this is something that Audrey and I have been doing every single week since we got married in the marriage journal. Uh, It starts out actually with a calendar. So you and your spouse can go through the week get the date night scheduled, get, you know, the babysitter scheduled, get dinner at mom's on the calendar, get, you know, whatever, you play in the soccer league or you want to go rock climbing, whatever it is, it goes on the calendar, the big events, and it's a way for you to architect, design, and ultimately just schedule margin into your life so that it's not just bills, kids, and, you know, to-do lists. So we love that about the Marriage Journal, and we love that Aaron and Jen do that on the Google Calendar. We just started doing it on a calendar actually this year and have seen awesome results. So all that to be said, the Marriage Journal is an amazing tool for this, uh, amazing tool to be more intentional and ultimately communicate so you can love each other more. Oh, and I almost forgot, there is a discount code for you podcast listeners for the Marriage Journal. You can get 10% off with code podcast 10. And that's just at themarriagejournal.com. All right, jumping back into our conversation with Aaron and Jen. Yeah, it's such a good phrase because fighting requires participation. You know, in the sense mm-hmm. of like com- a combative returning you're, you're both going to toward each other yeah yeah mm-hmm. like you're returning something but a humble per- you can't fight with a humble person it's so good yeah it's like the softening of heart thing too just jennifer how do you say <laughs> yes to god when we're fighting 
I'm looking at her. She's looking at me like, why are you asking me this? <laughs> um, something that's been uh, working really well in our marriage is prayer. And so yeah. it, going before God immediately humbles you because you're like, oh, what? you know, that nothing matters right now. I'm before God, uh, which we should have that perspective all the time, right? So yeah, it just goes back to humility and um, and being able to go into prayer with each other and saying, we just need to stop. There's no, we're not, you know, working towards resolution right now. Let's go to God. And it seems to dissipate pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Sometimes. So so that's Sometimes. kind of a, a micro question, but is there anything on the macro that you guys are saying yes to right now? Just curious. Anything like you'd want to share? Like, is there anything on the horizon you're going through or, you know, that you're... I, I feel like we're still playing out that, you know, the, the this book was a yes to God. Yeah, yeah. really big um, yes. It was a big, it feels like it was a big yes. And we're still playing that out and just trying to be good stewards. Mm-hmm. Um, with it and um, promoting it, not just to sell it, but to to get this movement going and yeah. um, to so, get marriages excited and inspired and and saying yes also to do what God has for them to do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Who knows what kind of books and ministries and adoptions and life's going to come out of of, mm-hmm. of marriages saying yes. Um, we've been working on this book, you know, for the last year, and it's just been a highlight of our day, but also it consumes a lot. And um, I've I've absolutely loved. Um, being able to collaborate with my husband on this, um, but something now that the book has launched and it's going, I I see you know you asked what's on the horizon and it's just um, focusing on my role as a mother and um, working with the kids every day and I like to I, lately I've been catching myself saying I just need to be in their space and what I mean by that it's like getting down on their level playing mm-hmm. with them um, asking them good questions leading them through the word and prayer and character things because they're so young like that's all that's foundational right now is making sure that they're playing well with each other and learning and all of that and so when I see the horizon I see uh training my kids loving my kids being with them and uh, making them a priority amen that's super (laughs) good and I would say we kind of we resonate with that right now we just talked to you guys not too long ago about you know our experience coming off of book chaos book high. <laughs> book high and just getting back into the normal rhythm of things and realizing like wow like we still have a lot going on mm-hmm. yeah um but we don't really want this much going on yeah. so the process of slowing down the, and Audrey the high wants, speed race and just to speak vulnerably you know from our end to everyone like Audrey wants that time and she wants to get on that level with mm-hmm. Ember in our future. More. <laughs> yeah. More so. And so we're we're wrestling through that for sure and that's definitely mm-hmm. something that we are trying to say yes to, but um mm-hmm. art can firsthand say, you know, saying yes can sometimes be uh not as easy as you want it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's true. It's good. That's super good. So any um any big dream craving or does well, <laughs> I just literally Craving. quoted the marriage journal Ice question. Cream. Yeah. It is the marriage <laughs> journal That's question. the marriage journal question. I just but, put it in. But my thought, well, no, no, no. My thought was, is there any, you know, dream or desire you guys have for this movement or this book or even your family? Just piggybacking off that last question, but then I just defaulted to the marriage journal question. <laughs> you know. It's, awesome. it's an awesome question. Really, uh, our, our dream, our, our vision for this is, is that, Many, many people come to know the Lord through the lives of Christians around the world that are saying yes to God, opening their homes, choosing to to walk in obedience to his word, and then choosing to allow their lives and their words and their actions to glorify him. Mm-hmm. That Because that's what's going to happen when Christians say yes to God. And I agree 100%, but just to put it on an even more personal level. Uh, level here, I'm going to say salvation of our children and what that means for us today and tomorrow and the next day until they make that choice for themselves Mm -hmm. and then their impact for the kingdom Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it matters. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, one last question for you guys um, and then we'll wrap this up. This has been so good and I know our listeners are just going to be soaking all this wisdom in, but over the years or maybe just, you know, in this past year, what's been something that you guys have learned from each other that has refined you more into the image of Christ? You know, something that you've learned through your marriage, because you've got this mission with Marriage After God in this book. Like, what's been something, Jen, that you've learned from Aaron that's made you more into the image of Christ and vice versa? 
Um, the first thing that I can point out is that um, Aaron has shown me what it means to love people and that God is a relational God and the whole Bible speaks to, you know, God being a relational God and that it's a high priority for the way that we interact, engage, and love one another, um, not just each other in marriage, but, you know, even pe- our neighbors, uh, people that we fellowship with. And by nature, I have always been um, an introvert and more reclusive, I would say, but he has shown me how to step into uh, situations where I can truly love people, invite them into my home, hospitality, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's come over years of us communicating through this. So it'd be like, you know, we've already done two nights of having people over. And then Aaron goes, you know, there's this other couple I really wanted to connect with and me having to communicate my heart and him getting to communicate his, and then finding that compromise in the middle of, of what that means for our family. And so I yeah. would say over the years, I, I've learned how to open up my heart way more than I ever have in the past. Um, and I, I really value that and I appreciate that. And I would say mine is, it's not the opposite, but it's like the, it's the, the, <laughs> the reflection of mm. Jennifer's is where, yes, I, I love people and I have like what the things that Jennifer's talked about, but I can also be very cynical um, at times. And I can also be, um, I can also be too forward and talk too much and, and share too much and not listen well. And so Jennifer's taught me to, to have, um, be aware of the things I'm saying mm. and to, to slow down and to speak less and to, um, be more introverted sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's like a funny thing. It's like, like I'm way out front, she's way behind. And then like, I've drawn her in and she's drawn me back. And so that we're now, uh, I would say more equal in our, um, relational things. We still have our, our idiosyncrasies yeah. that they, they're constantly being changed mm-hmm. and adjusted, but you um, can see the refining in these gifts though, play yeah. out in how we, uh, fellowship, you know, with our community. And I just Definitely. love it. I love the, the bigger picture, the fuller picture of what the two of us together, how we rub off on each other and encourage each other and learn from each other looks mm-hmm. like now versus, you know, when we first got married. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and these are also the very things that frustrated us a lot Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in our marriage. Uh, so and they tend funny. to, at times, still frustrate us. But, um, but, that, but that's so good. Cool that that our, those frustrations I turned into gifts that you've given each other. Yeah, I love you know? that because it kind of brings the conversation full circle because what a beautiful image of one flesh, a body, mm-hmm. right? A body hears mm-hmm. and speaks. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's just so cool that those are your two things. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that this book is going to do exactly what you said, Aaron. It's going to ignite people mm-hmm. in a profound way to press into uh, not just their marriages, but what the Lord wants and his vision for marriages and saying yes to God is ultimately going to be saying yes to an amazing journey and story for Mm, thousands of couples. I'm excited to see this happen. Mm. Um, I don't think we're done talking about your book uh, (laughs) because it's fantastic and I think everyone should go grab it. Um, And uh, it's kind of, I don't know if I should say this, but I feel like it's a very awesome uh, just because of the people listening to the podcast right now, most probably have read or m- maybe some haven't, but like have read our book. This is like a perfect leveling up. Like yeah. <laughs> we kind of tell, uh, we tell a beautiful story. Next step. And then like, if you really want to start getting into what it looks like to have a marriage after God, what it looks like <laughs> to have a marriage after God, yeah. this is the book. Mm. I love that. Yeah, thank That's you. Really so I think it's going to be a staple for many, many years to come. And it's going to be on the shelf up with all the greats. So mm. um, we appreciate you guys. We yeah. appreciate, appreciate you, guys. you too. We love you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast again. This won't be the last time I'm <laughs> I sure. Because we still, I <laughs> yeah. think last time we talked, we said, let's talk about kids. And, How can we squeeze yeah. more out of yeah. Jen and Aaron? <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to have you guys on again and talk a lot about, you know, kids and, and maybe specifically working together and that whole process. We did that. But, tra- we yeah. did that in episode well, was That was 11. a good episode. That yeah. was episode 11. I thought 11 was like season management. We did that too. Episode wow. 11, it, though, we talked a lot about like. Okay, well, go listen to episode 11 if you haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Always Bye. a pleasure. See ya. We love Jen and Aaron 
so much. So, so much. Um, this was such a great episode. And if you guys want to hear more from them, again, like we said, you can go back and listen to episode 11 of Behind the Scenes Podcast. Also, if you're a new listener to the podcast, um, this is the 45th episode of Behind the Scenes Podcast. We have over 3 million downloads of the podcast um, to date. So, Go back and check out some of the old episodes. I know a lot of people, you know, maybe your first, you, you're jumping in, someone sent you mm-hmm. um, one of the episode links or you Glad saw it on here. social media. And we're excited to have you if you're a new listener, but there's a lot of great interviews and episodes from, you know, towards the beginning of our podcast suit too. So um, check those out if you get a chance. And just a reminder that we are going back to one episode a week, a behind the scenes podcast for a while there. We were doing two a week and we just realized that we mm-hmm. needed to slow down a like little bit. Like we mentioned in the ending of our conversation. Yes. <laughs> so uh, back to one episode a week. Uh, they're still going to be equally awesome. And we still buy five of you coffee every single episode release day. So every Tuesday, mark your calendars to win free coffee on us. All you got to do is share about the podcast, screenshot today's episode, put it up on your IG stories and tag behind the scenes podcast. Um, And that enters you to win a Starbucks gift card on us. Boom. And also, we wanted to just remind you guys to go check out Jen and Aaron's new book. We had the honor of endorsing it. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Marriage After God. You can get it online. You can get it at Hobby Lobby next to our book, as and, they mentioned. And for convenience, we'll have some links. And in we'll put the, some link in, links in the show notes. In yes. the show notes. Yep. All right. Um, we appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Talk See you next week. See you next week. Talk to you next week.